You're listening to Praise and Worship Hour, songs of inspiration on Elton Music Radio. Coming up, we have Bishop Charlie Blake. So stay right there, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. We got some bills to pay. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. There's lots of reasons for joining Anchor, like myself, for instance. I'm an entertainer who loves and enjoys music. Being a podcast host gives me the ability to give the people what they want. You too can join Anchor for that very same reason. It's free, easy as one, two, three. Your podcast will be delivered to Spotify, Apple iTunes, and more. And dear Lord, you are good. Your mercy is everlasting. And your truth endures to all generations. I don't have strength to proclaim adequately your word. I don't have the intellect or the eloquence. Your word is so precious, so great, so mighty, so powerful. Lord, please deliver your word to your people today. Let this instrument, this inadequate instrument be empowered by your might. Let somebody get healed today. Let somebody hear the word they need to hear. Let some family be reunited. Let lives be changed. Let workers be encouraged. Let the people be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you what the Lord told me this week. Exodus 14, 19. And the word of the Lord says, And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. A companion scripture is Isaiah 52 and 12. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. The Lord told me, God has your back. Will you tell two people, God has your back. You may be seated. What do you do? What do you do? when your expectations crash on the rocks of despair. What do you do when God does not seem to behave as his word indicates he would, or even as his word indicates that he should? What do you do when it seems like God has changed his mind about you. Sometimes God can so bless us that we think we're in some kind of special category. Sometimes it really does seem that the blessings of the Lord pursue us and overtake us. But then on the other hand, it sometimes seems that God starts snatching back blessings formerly given and deprive us of those things that we must most earnestly 
desire. Most of you will admit that there have been times when you just knew that you and God had gotten together on something that you were believing God for. You had claimed it. You had found scripture on which your claim. You had praised God for it. And you had told others that my blessing is on the way. And you made your plans blessed on, based on what you believed God was going to do for you. And then, what you had claimed by faith did not come your way. You know, sometimes God just does not behave like we expect him to behave. And I'm hearing from a lot of people who have said that God was just not there when they needed him. They experienced a repossession, a foreclosure, the death of a loved one, a serious illness, the loss or the absence of a job, the destruction of a relationship, or even of a marriage. And under circumstances like this, some people began to wonder, where is God? Isn't it strange that when something we really depend on disappears, it almost seems that God himself has disappeared. And most of you in this room have hoped that God would show up in your life or an area of your experience where God simply has not shown up in the way that you wished that he would show up. You'd prayed and you'd expected that God would do something that God has not done in the way that you wanted him to do it. Well, today we go for a visit with the children of Israel in the wilderness as they experience the movement of God from the place where they were accustomed to finding him. Exodus 12 and 37 indicates that 600,000 men on foot departed from Egypt and from captivity. And some understand this to mean men who were fit to war are men who were of military age. But that verse also mentions, in addition to these, they mention children, which is interpreted to mean families. Thus, when men on foot who were of military age and men who were not of military age and also the mixed multitude and the children and so on, when all of these are added together, the scholars indicate that maybe as many as 2.4 million people left as a part of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And the Bible also indicates that they had a great deal of livestock. And they journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth and from Succoth to Etham. And some estimate this to be a distance of about 30 miles. And the Lord led them, the Bible says, on a circular route. Therefore, their journey, though it was only 30 days, had to be a, a 30 miles, it had to be a journey of many days. The group so large could only travel a few miles each day. But at every point along the way, God gave them a visible symbol of his presence and a visible symbol of his favor. Exodus 13 and 20 says, they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and to go by night. He did not take the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The cloud and the pillar were symbols of the presence of God. Because the Bible says the Lord went before them in a cloud and in a pillar of fire. The cloud was the symbol of, and manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ who went before them. It was not only a symbol, but it was a miraculous provision by God for the needs of his people. It was God's miraculous provision for their needs during the intense blazing heat and sun of the day. They would need a cloud to cool the atmosphere and to provide shade for them. And during the frigid cold and 
black darkness of the night. They would need heat and light from the pillar of fire to warm them and to illuminate their circumstances. Listen, when God chooses a provision for his people, or even when God chooses a provision for an individual, it is in a very special way just what they need. May we not be so quick and without serious consideration in presenting to God our shopping list. God, give me this. God, give me that. Listen, we don't really even know what is best for us. And we need to learn how to allow God to lead and let God do some choosing for us. And the best prayer that one can pray is, Lord, thy will be done. And any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. But from the time that the cloud appeared, there it was in front of them, leading the way. God never removed the cloud. It was always there. He never took it away from the place before them. It was their vanguard. It was their guard before them. It was a cause for confidence. It was a cause for rejoicing. Faith was strengthened by the fact that they could always see the cloud. Listen, when you can see a miracle, it's easy to believe God for another miracle. And this miracle cloud, which changed from a cloud to a pillar of fire by night, it was their assurance that the God of miracles was with them and on their side. All they had to do was follow the cloud. This eliminated their differences of opinion. The cloud led them at all times. But after a while, somebody ought to say after a while, the Pharaoh who had released them from slavery realized and regretted that he had released his primary labor force. A few, few days before God had so punished him and his people that they willingly sent the Israelites away. But now he decided, I'm going to recapture the very people that I released a few days ago. Isn't it amazing how the things that we escape from try to recapture us? Isn't it amazing how they try to entangle us again? But in the text, God when Pharaoh had this intention, deals with his people in a very special way. He deals with them in a way altogether different from the way he had continually dealt with them before. Just at the time when Pharaoh and his army began to approach them and on the verge of attacking them, the cloud that had been before them for all of those days moved from its place. It moved from the place where it had always been. It moved from the place where they were accustomed to looking for it. It moved at a time when they needed it more than they'd ever needed it before. Have you ever been in a place where you needed to feel the presence and power and anointing of God in a special way and you could not feel anything? Have you ever needed God and God seemed to be so far away from you? Jesus on the cross reached that point. He reached out to God the Father, could feel no sense of the presence of the Lord, and he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? David, overwhelmed by the guilt of his sins, cried out, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Job, in his affliction and in his despair, cried out to God in Job 23 and 3, Oh, that I knew where I might find him that I might come to his seat, that I could present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say. Listen, some people interpret move to mean leave. And when God moves, some people feel like God has left them. In the text, God changed. Things were different. And you know, most people don't do different very well. We don't like different. Why is it that sometimes when it seems that you need God most, God will move on you? Some individuals who are living for the Lord are filled with doubt and apprehension when God moves on them. And the wonder, uh, ha they wonder, has God moved because they committed some kind of sin? Or has God moved because he's angry toward them? 
Are they being punished for something they've done in the past when God moves? But I've just come by to give somebody some encouragement today. I've just come by to let you know God has not moved to punish you. God has not moved because he's angry toward you. Sometimes God moves just because he's God. Oh, look up to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's not moved because he's angry or because he wants to punish you. He just moved because he's God. Hallelujah. God is a creative God. God is a God of infinite wisdom. And there are times when God will do new things just because he's God. God said, I will do a new thing in the earth. God sometimes does new things because he wants to develop new capacities within us. Somebody ought to say, hallelujah. The greater the level to which God's going to carry you, the greater the trial that the Lord is going to carry you through to get to that level that he has in mind for you. The further you intend to shoot the arrow, the more pressure you put on the bow. And so when the bow is being pulled back and back and back, the bow might complain, you're breaking me, you're stretching me, you're straining me, you're taking me beyond my capacity. But the archer knows the capacity of the bow, and when it reaches its full capacity to bend backward, then he releases the arrow, and the arrow goes further than it could ever go otherwise. And sometimes when God begins to stretch us and pull us back and pull us back and pull us back, we began to complain, Lord, you're stretching me, you're pulling me too far, you're going to break me, you're going to destroy me. But the Lord knows our capacity. He knows how much we can bear. And he will not suffer us to be tempted above that. We are able, but he will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that we'll be able to bear it. Would you tell two people you can bear it? You can take it. But when God stretches us back and back and back and releases us, we go further than we ever thought we would be able to go prior to God's involvement in stretching us. Tap your hands and give praise to God. Sometimes God moves because we're too manifestation focused. Some people are happier about God's manifestations than they are about God himself. But we've got to move away from a reliance on God's manifestation to faith in God and trust in God even when there is no manifestation. God is God not only when he manifests himself, he's God everywhere and he's God at all times. And we've got to learn how to love him and how to praise him and how to believe in him and how to thank him when we see no sign of his presence. Listen, when you see no sign of God's presence, that sometimes means God is nearer than he ever was before. Come on and clap your hands and give praise to God. In the text, in the text, God had a very special reason for moving. He moved from in front of them because they needed a rear guard. He moved from in front of them because he was needed behind them. Listen, we have eyes only in the front of our heads, and we sometimes need somebody to watch our back. Is there anybody in here that wished there were times that you'd had somebody to watch your back? If you had somebody behind you to take care of that that you could not deal with and that which you could not uh, accomplish and handle on your own. And not only did God's location change, not only did God move, his eyes are on the enemy. And you know we need somebody occasionally to watch our backs. The army of the Pharaoh was approaching to attack them. So the cloud and the Lord went behind them to protect them from the enemy that was coming from the behind of them. And sometimes you can see God best by looking backward rather than forward. Would you tell your neighbor sometimes you can see God best by looking backward rather than forward. God goes behind you because there are things in your past that are trying to recapture you. The Egyptians were coming from behind to recapture them. And not only did God's location change, but the cloud itself changed. Before it had been a cloud only by day. 
and a pillar of fire only by night. But on this night, it was a cloud of darkness so dense that the Egyptians could not see or move forward. But then on the Israelite side was a light, smothering, light, subduing light, and neither of them could see the other. The Egyptians could not see the Israelites, and the Israelites could not see the Egyptians. Listen, God works behind you because there are enemies in your past trying to overtake you again. But also God works behind you and he works in your past so that past sins and past failures don't hinder or recapture you. The devil is always trying to bring up our past. He's trying to tell us what we did and how low we were. But somebody said God cast our sins into a sea of forgetfulness and he remembers them no more and he places a no fishing sign there so nobody can come along and fish them back up before our faces again. God sometimes worked behind us by keeping past sins from becoming known to our enemies because if our enemies knew our past, they would use our past to destroy our future. But child of God, somebody said when the devil tells you about your past, tell the devil about his future. I don't know about you, but the devil shall be cast into hell and every nation that forgets God. God works behind us. But you tell your neighbor, God works behind us. He works behind us to deal with past experiences that would cause us to be fearful and incapacitated in the present and in the future. In many ways, we're the result and the sum of our past experiences. We're the result of our childhood hurts. We're the result of the experiences we go through as children. And sometimes those experiences stay with us and they wound us. But God has shown up today. And he said, child of God, I'm going to go into your past. I'm going to go behind you to straighten out all of that stuff. Everybody who abused you, everybody who misused you, everybody who caused your mind to be captivated by sorrow and by distress. God said, I'm going to go into your past. I'm going to straighten everything out. And when I get through, you'll come out shouting and praising the Lord and blessing God. Sometimes your greatest enemies come out of your past. And somebody in the room today, you're struggling with your past. You're struggling to rise above it. And you're struggling to come out of it. But God says, listen, I'm straightening it out in the name of Jesus. And he tells you, you are not what was done to you. You are what God says you are. Come on, tell your neighbor, you are not what was done to you. You are what God says you are. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I've got what it says I've got. I can do what it says I can do. And my Bible says I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Tell your neighbor I can do it in the name of Jesus. But God also goes behind us to show us some of the good things that he's done for us in the past. Sometimes our present and our future does not look very bright as we look down the road. There's sorrow and depression in our hearts and in our minds. But the Lord comes along and says, I've got to let you know and remind you that I've not just started in your life. If you look back into your past, you'll see the problems that I brought you through. You'll see the trouble that I brought you through. You'll see the barriers that I brought you over. And if I've done all of that, I can do what you need done today. If you really want to see God, sometimes you need to look back and see how far the Lord has brought you from. 
Somebody said, the Lord has done great things for me, and I'm glad about it. Help me praise him. Has he done anything for anybody? Has he ever done anything for you? If he has, come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Yes. Yes. Sometimes God moves behind us because he's got to deprive us of one thing that he might give us a better thing. Sometimes what we're reaching for is the very thing that we don't need. And so God will snatch it away that he might give us something better. He moves behind us because he's not our servant. We are his servants. And God blesses us in the way that he sees fit. God moves behind us because our plans sometimes conflict with the plans of God. And we make up our minds, I'm going in this direction. But God wants us to go in another direction. So he steps back until we lift up our hands toward him. And we say, Father, I need your guidance. I need your direction. Help me praise him. Come on and praise the Lord. Sometimes God moves behind us because he loves us too much to give us what we're asking him for. He knows what the outcome will be. Somebody in the house has gotten what you asked God for. God gave you the answer to your prayer. But the Bible says he sent leanness to your soul because what you thought you wanted was not what you really needed. And so you had to go back to God and say, take this thing away. But God goes behind us sometimes so we won't be in that predicament. Just what I need, I want the Lord to give it to me. Not what I desire, but what he wills for me. And deep in my heart, I say yes. Why don't you say yes? God moves behind us because there are some things that we've just got to go through. No matter how tough they are, no matter how hurt we are, we make up our mind, Lord, I don't want this. But Jesus said, Father, I don't want this, but not my will. Thy will be done. If you want me to die on the cross, I'll die on the cross. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And everybody that lives godly is going to have to go through something. Tell your neighbor you're going to have to go through something. All that live godly are going to suffer persecution. The Bible says, but weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come, joy will come in the morning. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, hold on until morning time. Jesus did what he did not want to do. He stretched out his arms and said, nail my hands to the cross. Nail my feet to the cross. If God would have me to die for him, I'm willing to do it. Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. But now God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord of all. When you humble yourself and obey God, God will take you higher than you've ever gone before. And so sometimes God moves just because there are some things that we've got to go through. But if we go through it, we're going to come out on the other side shouting the victory and praising God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you may have to go through it, but I see you coming out with victory, shouting and praising the Lord. God moves behind us. But let me ask the question, what should we do when God does not show up where we want him to show up? What do we do when it seems that God has let us down? What do you do when God goes behind you? The text chapter gives us some clear directions. In Exodus 14 and verse 15, 
God said to Moses, why are you crying unto me? And that means God is telling us when he moves behind us, don't cry. I said, don't cry. There are other things you need to be doing and you can't do them while you're crying. God has another word for you. Don't waste your energy crying. Weep not as those that have no hope. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it might get rough, but don't cry. If you cry, that's a sign of unbelief. That's a sign of frustration. But then he told them to do something else. In verse 15, after he told them, don't cry, he said, tell the children of Israel to go forward. God does not want us to stop just because our circumstances change. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God does not want us to stop just because our circumstances change on us. Things may change, but hold on to God. Things may change, but make up your mind. I'm going to go through in the name of Jesus. Things may change, but I don't deserve a new word until I obey the old word. God told me to go forward. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to obey the word of the Lord. When God moves behind you, keep on obeying the word of God. When God moves behind you, keep on living holy. When God moves behind you, don't you dare give up. But hold on unto the Lord. Bishop Jake said, keep on walking in the name of Jesus. It may be rough, but just keep on walking. It may be tough, but just keep on walking. Though God is behind you, God is going to show up after a while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God moves behind you, understand that a miraculous process is as much a miracle as a miraculous event. Our problem is we want it right now. We don't want a process. We don't want to have to wait. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings just like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Tell two people, wait until God gets through. God, I said God, initiated a process that lasted all night, all night long. God was at work. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to start backing up and he sent a strong east wind that blew all night. I said it blew all night. It was a miraculous process. It blew all night. Finally it dried out a pathway that they might go across. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God moves, God is not gone. We're just looking in the wrong direction. God started a process that lasted all night. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God has not changed his mind about you. Whatever God said, God is still going to do it. Whatever God promised, it's going to happen. He that hath begun a good work in you, God will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not changed his mind, but you've got to hold on by faith. You've got to hold on by determination. Lord, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to hold on until you bless my soul. I'm going to hold on until you bring me out. Yes, hold on. The water stepped back. Hallelujah. The children of Israel went down into the midst of the sea. God opened up a highway for them to go across. Walls of fire on each side. The fish could not use that passageway. They had to stop and all they could do was look as God's children came across. When they got to the other side, they started shouting and praising God. But the enemy, Pharaoh and his host, still thought 
that they might have a chance to overtake them. They came down to the highway that had been set aside for the people of the Lord. As they began to go across, God began to work against them and on behalf of their enemies. God started snatching wheels off of their chariots. Their chariots got bogged down in the sand. One of the Egyptians said, the Lord, their God is fighting for them. And I just come back to tell you that your God, your God is fighting for you. Tell two people, God is fighting for me. It might look bad. It might look tough. But my God, my God is fighting for me. My God is going to bring me out. My God is going to bring me over the same highway that the children of Israel were able to use and go across, return to his place, and destroy all of their enemies. Moses stretched out his hand, and the water returned. Every one of the Egyptians was destroyed and thwarted in their plot, and the children of Israel were shouting and praising God on the other side. Listen, when God goes behind you and works on your behalf, your past cannot overtake your future. Your past cannot hold you back. Your enemies cannot recapture you. When God goes behind you, you get your miracle. You get your blessing. When you stretch out your hand like Moses did, your sickness has got to go. Your financial problems have got to go. Your children have got to be blessed. Your families have got to go higher, oh, higher, oh, higher. In the name of Jesus, tell two people your past cannot destroy your future. Your past cannot refer your future. I see you marching on by the power of God to higher and higher. Success, I see victory in your way. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. God said these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Reach up and get your blessing. In the name of Jesus, David said, surely, 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 goodness and mercy shall follow me all the day, all the day of my life. And I shall dwell, I said I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Tell two people, God has your back. God is right there to take care of you. God has your back. It's all right. I said it's all right. You are the victor. You are the winner and not the loser. You are going higher than you've ever gone before because God has your back. And if God be for us, who can be against us? But before I close and as I go to my seat, I want to let you know that God not only has your back, but God is all around you. Front, back, right, left. God is there. Whatever you need, he's there. Be not dismayed. Whatever time, God will, God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide. God will, God will you tell your neighbor neighbor God will God will God will I've seen I've seen the lightning flashing I've heard the thunder roll I felt sins breakers dashing trying to conquer my soul but I heard the voice of my Savior telling me still to fight on he promised Oh, he promised, he promised 
never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. Tell three people, never, never, never alone. God has your back, and if God has your back, your past cannot overtake your future. If God has your back, it's going to be all right. If God has your back, keep on going. Keep on marching. Keep on walking. God will, God will bring you over. God will bring you out. God will bring you through. Come on and praise Him. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, bless His name. Bless his name. Bless his name. I know you get tired of hearing it, but it illustrates the message. On this night, West Angeles had a miracle of biblical proportions. A young man came running down Crenshaw with a gun in his hand. We just gotten out of church. He got to the gate of the church, was about to come in. He shot his gun across the courtyard and then God slapped him down nobody shot him nobody stopped him nobody hit him nobody bothered him he had a gun in his hand and you know how folk are doing in churches killing eight and nine people at a time but this time God's favor I said God's favor was at work in the midst God's favor was in front of us, it was behind us, it was around us. And that young man came with gun in hand on God's property and God slapped him down and he lay on the ground unconscious for 30 minutes until the paramedics came and carried him away. And when they left the church, got down the street, he was tied down on the gurney opened his eyes, lifted up his head, and said, what happened? Well, what happened was that God blocked him. What happened was God was behind us. What happened was God was on our side. If God be for us, he's more than all the world against us. If God is on our side, everything, 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 it's all right. Tell three people it's all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. In your body. All right. In your home. All right. On your job. All right. With your family. All right. In your mind. So tell somebody it's all right. It's all right. Hallelujah. 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 Yadabasoko. He loaded him a coastal. Shakoba Hassan. Yadabasoko. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, Moses stretched out his hand. He stretched out his hand. And the water parted, and his children went cross. And then when the Egyptians tried to use that same highway, he stretched out his hand again, and the waters came together. God gives you power today to bring forth miracles just by stretching out your hand. Come on, stretch out that hand. Stretch it out, stretch it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can ascertain what direction your hometown is. You can ascertain what direction your house is, your family is. Just, just stretch out your hand in that direction. If you don't know which way it is, just say, Lord, you know, but I'm stretching out my hand. Stretch out that hand. The power of God flows through that hand of yours. The anointing of God. Unsaved children. Unsaved children economic problems challenges in your home stretch out your hand and say lord in the name of jesus you're going to bring about a change 
in my home and in my city in the name of Jesus. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stretch out your hand toward your neighbor. In the name of Jesus. Just believe God to work a miracle in your neighbor's life. You don't know what the problem might be. Don't know what the sickness might be. Even what the trouble might be. But stretch out that hand. Said in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered. In the name of Jesus, be set free. Now stretch out your hand and hold it over your head. And say, dear Lord, dear Lord, I'm going through a time of testing. But dear God, you go behind me. You've got my back. You're watching my back. You're taking care of me. You're the God of miracles who can do anything. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, I claim my deliverance. I claim my miracle. I claim my blessing. In the name of Jesus, I am healed. In the name of Jesus, I am delivered. In the name of Jesus, I am set free. Come on and praise it. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. It is done. It is done. It is done. It's done by faith. Even that unbeliever who might not believe in you worked the miracle because of our faith that they will know you're God. You are God and there is none else. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Lay your hand on your affliction. Place your hand on your chest. Just begin to believe God in the name of Jesus. God, you're healing. God, you're delivering. Cancer, high blood pressure, heart trouble, whatever it is, it's gone. It's gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lift your hand and say, I'm free. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In these closing moments of the Holy Convocation, I sense God working miracles all over this room. God is setting people free, delivering them, bringing them out and over their affliction, healed in the name of Jesus, delivered in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands toward God. Lord, do it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's done. It's done. If you had pain, if you had a restriction, if there was something in your body that caused you discomfort, I proclaim you're healed. In Jesus' name. Now, on the word of faith, if you examine yourself, move your body, touch where it was afflicted and where there was the agony. If God has done it, if God has healed you, if you don't feel that pain anymore, just make your way in the aisle and start clapping your hands and praising and glorifying God. If you've got your healing, just move toward the aisle. If you've got your deliverance, if you've got your miracle, get in the aisle, get in the aisle, get in the aisle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I see folk gathering in the aisle, moving in the aisle. Come on, church, let's clap our hands and give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for somebody who does not know the Lord Jesus. I want to pray for somebody who's not saved, not sure that you're on your way to heaven. Jesus, our Lord, did what he did not want to do, but he yielded to the Father because of his love and God's love. And he died for your sins and rose from the dead. 
Somebody needs to accept the Lord today. You need to know Jesus as Lord. You need to know him as your Savior. If you're not saved, I want to pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. I want to lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I need to know that you desire prayer. I need to know that you want God in your life. Tired of trying to live without him. You want to be saved. You want your sins forgiven. You want a relationship with God. I'll pray for you right where you are. But if that's you, and you know you need the Lord, I want you to lift that hand and hold it high. As you are saying, preacher, pray for me. Don't want to leave this convocation without getting to know Jesus. Lift that hand up high. Don't want to leave here without having Jesus in my life, Jesus in my heart. I want to be saved. Lift that hand, please. Lift that hand. Lift that hand. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand. I pray to God that you, by your power, by your might, will come into the life of everyone that asks you to save them. I pray to God that you'll change them and set them free, enable them to walk in the way that you'd have them to walk in, to become the people that you'd have them to be. They're not here by accident. They're here by your divine providence. And I thank you, dear Lord, for drawing them to this place. Save their souls. Transform their lives. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Repeat this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I've been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I give my life to you. I thank you, dear Lord, that Jesus died for me and rose again from the dead. I receive him now. According to your goodness, I am saved. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Clap your hands, everybody, and give praise to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. God bless. <laughs> that made me laugh.